0: Welcome to another edition of Sean's Sports Show. Today we are coming at you live from the usual Los Angeles, California on Monday, April 23rd, 2018. Not much has happened around here, but a lot has happened inside the world of sports. We're going to be covering the breaking news in sports as well as the Los Angeles sports teams. And um, that's about it. So the first thing we're going to be talking about has to do with NFL football. Uh, While there seems to be some doubt about whether Tom Brady will play in 2018, his agent, Don Yee, uh, eased concerns from the, from the New England Patriots. Quote, Tom's intentions have not changed, Yee said on Monday per Adam Schefter of ESPN. He's consistently, uh, he, he's consistently said he'll play beyond this contract and into his mid-40s or until he feels he isn't playing at a championship level. I understand the constant speculation, but this is one point he's been firm about. Schefter reported last week Brady hasn't committed to playing next season quote, my money would be on him playing football for the foreseeable future, but what goes on away from the football field, I don't know. A source told Shafter, who also noted people around Brady, want him to retire. Despite the uncertainty, the 41-year-old continues to prepare for the season as usual, according to Michael Gi- uh, Giardi of NBC Sports Boston. Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk also reported Sunday, that both Brady and Rob Gronkowski, who has also been uh, you know, murky about his commitment to 2018 are expected to play for the Patriots next season. Brady remains under contract for the next two seasons, so if he is correct, the quarterback will play through at least 2019. Even at his age, there's no reason to expect any sort of decline based on what we have seen in the last few years. You know, he's playing amazing, arguably as good as he has ever played. Uh, last season, he led the NFL with 4,577 passing yards, uh, posting a quarterback rating of 102.8. Which was the third year in a row that he topped hundred. He was also named the um, first team All-Pro for just the third time in his 18-year career. With only Brian Hoyer behind him on the depth chart in New England, um, his decision to return is an important one for the Patriots, in my opinion. So, so that's that. Um, now, a story, another story inside the world of football uh, that has to do with Des Bryant. The Baltimore Ravens have backed off their pursuit of Des Bryant after signing Willie Sned to an offer sheet. ESPN's Adam Schefter reported the acquisition of Sned, which came after the New Orleans Saints decided to not match the Ravens offer sheet, took Baltimore out of the running for Bryant. It's unclear whether Bryant had any interest in joining the Ravens regardless of their pursuit of him. Bryant, who's 29 years old, has only publicly expressed a desire to play for an NFC East team. The Dallas Cowboys released the three-time Pro Bowler earlier this month after eight seasons with the franchise which was something that Des Bryant took personally. So quote, he said, quote, I won't say any teams, but being in the division, that's a huge possibility. That's a huge possibility. Bryant told NFL network. That's something that I want. It's personal. Like I said, it's very personal. I already had a plan of training and getting my mind right. I just want to do it that much more. Brian recorded 69 receptions for 838 yards and six touchdowns last season. It was his third straight year under the 1,000-yard mark. He also um, averaged a career-low 12.1 yards per reception in 2017. Quote, based on last year, he does very few things really well, a Cowboys staff member told Albert Breer of the MMQB. The Ravens also already signed Michael Crabtree this offseason, so adding Bryant would have been a bit redundant. Just that, That's just what it seems to me. Both are big-bodied players who struggle to create separation down the field and do their best work on intermediate routes at this point in their respective careers or routes however you want to say it, Crabtree also has a far superior recent resume so he should be the better option for Baltimore uh, Bryant eventually will sign with a new team but the fact that he's still on the market after a week and a half after his release indicates how far he's fallen in the eyes of NFL teams so and actually I wouldn't be I expect him to be signed by a team but I wouldn't be surprised by, uh, by the, you know, if he doesn't get signed by, by a team just because of how much you know, how, how much of a shell he is of, of his former self. So So now a story inside the role of the NBA, switching gears to the NBA. Atlanta Hawks head coach Mike Budenholzer is reportedly, quote, genuinely interested in the vacant New York Knicks head coaching gig, according to Mark Berman of the New York Post. Quote, New York's his top choice, an NBA source told Berman if they offered him the job, he'd say yes. He wants to live in New York. Budenholzer isn't interested in undergoing a long rebuild while Atlanta is quote adopting the blueprint set by by the trust to process Sixers according to Berman that suggests Atlanta intends to compile draft assets draft and build around young stars and avoid taking on prohibitive long-term contracts for middling veterans under general manager Travis Schlenk quote there's a good chance Atlanta is going is not looking to win games the next two years the source told Berman this wasn't Mike's decision he didn't expect it he doesn't want to lose games Budenholzer, who's 48 years, years old, has gone 213 and 197 in five seasons as the head coach in Atlanta, leading the team to four playoff appearances. With the departure of Paul Millsap and Tim Hardaway Jr. in free agency, and the trade of Dwight, Dwight Howard to the Charlotte Hornets last summer began uh, you know, the, the downfall of Atlanta. Budenholzer resigned as president of basketball operations last May, and no longer has control over personnel decisions. As for the Knicks, they've cast a wide net in their head coaching search, as I've said multiple times as they've interviewed Budenholzer, Jerry Stackhouse, Mike Woodson, Mark Jackson, David Fisdale, and Kenny Smith, Per Berman, with interviews of David Blatt and James Borrego to come as well. The Knicks have superstar Chris Stapps Porzingis to build around with, and solid complementary pieces in Tim Hardaway Jr. and Ennis Cantor if he returns, and young players with potential that include Frank Nikitina and Emmanuel Moutier, as well as a top 10 pick in this year's draft. Budenholzer would join a Knicks team nearing the stage of its rebuild where competing for a playoff spot should become feasible. That may be a better fit for his skill set as a coach than a full-blown build in Atlanta. Quote, he's an excellent coach and and teacher, an NBA personnel director told Berman of Budenholzer. He's really a student of the game and did a very good job of developing young players. He's a good combo of disciplinarian and players coach. Doc Rivers isn't a bad comparison. So, um, I think this would be a good move for New York personally and uh, for Budenholzer as well because... it seems like Atlanta is going to take the Sixers approach in terms of trusting the process. So it doesn't it, there's no point in having a good coach uh, purposely, you know, ha- having a good coach coach a team that's going to go out there and purposely lose. So so it's it, it's a good move for if you think about it Atlanta and New York and Budenholzer as well. So now another story inside the world of the NBA that has to do with head coaching as well. The Phoenix Suns reportedly met with Jason Kidd and Vinny Del Negro to discuss um, their vacant head coaching position. Scott Bordo of azcentral.com reported the news on Monday. Um, Kidd and Del Negro each played for the Suns during their NBA careers and have experience as head coaches. Del Negro was a head coach as recently as the 2012-13 season for the Los Angeles Clippers, while the Milwaukee Bucks fired Kidd as their coach this season. Uh, The Suns' position is open after they fired Earl Watson following an 0-3 start to the 2017-18 season. Assistant coach Jay Triano was named the interim coach, but went just 21 and 58 this year. Kid coached the Brooklyn Nets to a 44 and 38 record in the second round of the playoffs in 2013-14, and then took the Bucks job. This was his fourth season before he was fired, and he finished with a 139 and 152 record in Milwaukee and lost in the first round of the 2015 and 2017 playoffs. Del Negro, uh, Del Negro coached the Chicago Bulls in 2008-09 and t- 2009-10, and then went to the Clippers the following three seasons. Uh, he went 210 and 184 during his five seasons as a head coach and made the playoffs four times, although he never advanced past the second round. Uh, whichever coach takes the Sun's job will have, re- will have a rebuilding process ahead of him considering they haven't been in the playoffs since, 2000- since the 2009-10 season and are just 68 and 178 in the last three years. Phoenix at least has young building blocks in Devin Booker and Josh Jackson, and they are in line for a favorable, favorable pick in this year's draft af- after finishing with the worst record in the entire NBA. At 21 and 61 so um, my take on this is I think taking uh, Del Negro is is a is a good move for for Phoenix because he has I I like him over Jason Kidd because he has more coaching experience and um, he he just seems like a better fit to me so now another story inside the world of the NFL Um, Seattle Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll didn't close the door on the possibility of quarterback Colin Kaepernick signing with his team prior to the 2018 NFL season. Quote, there may be a place for him, Carroll said of the former San Francisco 49ers quarterback, per Bob Condota of the Seattle Times. This comes after ESPN's Adam Schefter reported that on April 13th, the Seahawks postponed the Kaepernick workout because the Nevada product wouldn't commit to no longer kneeling during the national anthem in protest of racial injustice and police brutality. Kaepernick filed a lawsuit against the league and its owners, alleging collusion to keep him off a team after he wasn't signed during the 2017 season, following his decision to kneel during the anthem. Carroll's comments also come after Mike Garafalo of NFL Network reported on April 16th that talks between the Seahawks and Kaepernick are "quote in a holding pattern but not done," after they re-signed backup Austin Davis. According to Schefter, there wasn't there hasn't been a single team to officially work out Kaepernick since his free agency started following the 2016 season. Even though Seattle and the Baltimore Ravens have considered it. The Seattle Seahawks are set a starting quarterback with Russell Wilson, but Davis and Stephen, uh, Stephen Morris behind him don't have the established pedigree that Kaepernick does. Kaepernick led the 49ers to the 2012 season Super Bowl and 2013 season's NFC Championship game in back to back years as a dual threat QB who consistently hurt opposing players with his arms and legs. Uh, with his arm, excuse me. Uh, he also played 12 games in 2016 and threw for 16 touchdowns to only four interceptions despite not playing in the nfl season kaepernick is still only 30 years old so um my my take on this is i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give my political opinion but uh, i think that kaepernick deserves a spot in the nfl i don't think there i don't think that there are 32 quarterbacks better than Ka- colin kaepernick uh, however that may there may be now that he hasn't played in a year but you know assuming that assuming that he's the same as he was when he when he uh, pl- last played in the nfl I don't think that there's 32 QBs better than him, so based on a pure pure like um, football standpoint, I think he deserves a spot in the NFL, um, not looking at anything political. Uh, so, that's that. That's just my own opinion. Uh, now, a, a big story inside the world of basketball. The Philadelphia 76ers uh, have a number of young contributors and figure to be a pretty consistent contender for years to come. But big man Joel Embiid has high aspirations for this team's for this season's team. After they seized a 3-1 lead over the Miami Heat in the first round of the 2018 NBA playoffs, he said, "quote I think our time is now." Uh, per Ian Begley of ESPN.com, we have a special team, a lot of great guys. I don't think we need anybody else. We've just got to work with what we have. We have a special team, and I like and I and I feel like we have a pretty good chance to go far. Philadelphia won Game Four in Miami despite 26 turnovers and Embiid going a mere two of 11 from the field with eight of those turnovers as he played with a mask thanks to the orbital fracture that he suffered. To battle through self-inflicted adversity and still win a postseason game on the road is a testament to the team's ceiling when when everyone is playing well and how special it can be. Embiid granted uh, still hasn't grown accustomed to the mask he is wearing calling it quote annoying and quote weird. This is per Ian Begley as well. Um, the Kansas product said he doesn't think the 76ers need anyone else after grinding out that after grinding out um wins and this is considering that lebron james could be waiting for the waiting for the 76ers in the eastern conference finals uh, the Cavs star the Cavs star player lebron his looming decision about his future has been a topic of discussion in philadelphia especially after billboards recruiting james to join the 76ers appeared still philadelphia has a talented young core with Embiid, ben simmons dario Saric, robert covington and markel fultz and they're one win away from advancing past the first round for the first time since 2012 It also isn't much of a stretch to envision this version of the 76ers winning the Eastern Conference if Embiid stays healthy considering the Cavs are struggling to get past the Indiana Pacers after splitting their first four games. The top-seeded Toronto Raptors also split their first four playoff games against the Washington Wizards and the second-seeded Boston Celtics or without the injured Kyrie Irving. The opportunity is there for the 76ers to advance to the NBA Finals and Embiid sounds ready to seize that opportunity. So um, my take on this is I I think that... um, I think that Embiid and the 76ers can make the NBA Finals, and I think they I think they will. Um, I just don't see a team in the East that can beat them in a seven-game series the way they've been playing. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, they might not even need LeBron. He might be right about that. So, now another result in a playoff game. The Utah Jazz are in full control of their first-round playoff series against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Utah destroyed Russell Westbrook in the Thunder at 113-96 in Monday's physical Game 4 at Vivint Smart Home Arena to take a 3-1 lead and put itself on the brink of advancing to the second round for the second straight year. Donovan Mitchell was brilliant with 33 points, 7 rebounds, and 4 assists, behind 13 of 28 shooting from the field in a game that was largely defined by emotions and scuffles. The Jazz announced the guard surpassed Karl Malone's franchise record for the most points in a playoff game, which the Hall of Famer set in 1986 with 31 points. Uh, any good series has an over Arching storyline and Westbrook set the stage for a heated battle when he guaranteed he was going to shut that S off next game following Ricky Rubio's triple-double in Utah's Game 3 win. This is per Royce Young of ESPN.com. Monday's contest was chippy right away as Westbrook picked up Rubio picked Rubio up full court on Utah's first possession and he didn't hesitate to get in the point guard's grill. However, he was overaggressive in the early going and committed four fouls in the first half, which limited his physicality down the stretch. Elsewhere, Paul George picked up a technical foul for shoving Joe Ingles in the first quarter, foreshadowing what was to come. With plenty of jawing on both sides, Jay Crowder, Rudy Gobert, Raymond Felton, Ingles, George, and Steven Adams were each assessed uh, technical fouls. Tensions turned from a simmer into a boil in the, in the fourth quarter when Crowder was ejected. He celebrated in Westbrook's face, prompting a response from Carmelo Anthony and Adams. Crowder swung his arm and made contact with Adams' face before he was ejected. Despite the challenge that provoked some of the uh, testiness, Westbrook couldn't stop Rubio from posting 13 points, 8 assists, and 6 rebounds, which was indicative of his, th- his uh, Thunder's failure to prevent the Jazz, Jazz's offense from setting the tone with a balanced attack. Mitchell fueled Utah with his ability to spin in the lane and co- contort his body at the rim to consistently finish past OKC's frontcourt, but he was far from the only one doing damage. Derek Favors unleashed impressive footwork in the post. Rudy Gobert benefited from a number of lobbed and close looks at the rim, and Ingles and Royce O'Neal found their touch from deep with seven combined three pointers, which in turn created additional driving lanes for Mitchell. They all finished in double figures, highlighted by 20 points from Ingles, and provided plenty of support alongside their go-to rookie teammate. Even when OKC was ahead in the first half, it felt like it'd be a matter of time before the home team took control. Uh, watching the game, that's just what I, it's just the vibe that I got. The Thunder were playing with fire considering many of Utah's looks were wide open in the early going and the Jazz seized control uh, when some of them started to fall. They outscored OKC by double digits in the second and third quarters and used their defense to limit everyone but Westbrook and George throughout the contest. Westbrook did what he could with his characteristic you know relentlessness and aggressiveness attacking the basket and an intensity that appeared to be dialed up even more than usual after issuing a challenge to Rubio. George also took the reins of the offense for stretches frequently gliding into the lane and finishing with a soft touch. Westbrook finished with 23 points, 14 rebounds, and 3 assists, while well, George posted 32 points and 6 rebounds, but they combined for 11 turnovers while forcing the issue um, due in part to a lack of support elsewhere. OKC is supposed to feature a big 3, but Kamala Anthony did not hold up his end of the bargain in one day's loss. The Syracuse product was invisible from the for the majority of Game 4, failing to produce much-needed support when Utah sent additional uh, attention toward Westbrook and Paul George. His 5 of 18 marks from the field and 0 of 6 from 3 stood out, but the Thunder, as a whole, were an abysmal five of 26 from three-point range, as they desperately tried to close the close the gap on the lead. The series now shifts back to Oklahoma City for Wednesday's Game Five, and the Thunder will need to find a way to win at home to extend their season. If they don't, they will lose in the first round for the second consecutive year. But the difference now, uh, you know, obviously the difference now is that ha- Westbrook has Paul George and Carmelo Anthony, so losing in the first round for the second straight year is extremely disappointing because a lot of people thought that okc could make a deep playoff run adding paul george and carmelo anthony but they're on the brink of elimination in the first round so this season in my opinion for okc and and their fans uh, would be a major disappointment to lose in the first round like that so um that's all we have for the breaking news now we're going to be covering the um los angeles sports teams and then and then the nhl playoffs so we're starting with the los angeles dodgers who uh they beat the miami marlins uh, by a score of two to one, it was Walker Buehler's first career Major League Baseball start. He pitched very well. He went, I believe, he went six innings and he did not uh, allow a run. But um, J. T. Chargois Sher- gave up a run. Uh, he's he was a re- he's a relief relief pitcher. So he, for those of you, for those of you that don't know, he basically just you know came on like to, you know, as a substitute for the for the starting pitcher. So he gave up a run in this in the sixth or seventh inning, I believe. So that basically meant that no matter what, Walker Buehler wouldn't get a win on his record. So even though the Dodgers won the game, Buehler didn't get the win, even though he pitched six uh, scoreless innings. So that was pretty unfortunate. But uh, the Dodgers are now, after starting off very poorly, uh, they're now on a three-game winning streak. And they improved to 11-10 and 10, uh, on the season. They're, they're The first time they're over 500 this season. And for those of you that don't know, what 500 means is basically... It means having the same amount of wins as losses. So over 500 means the team has more wins than losses. Um, so it's the first time that they're over 500. The Miami Marlins, on the other hand, fall to five and 17. So, uh, they're looking expectedly, or you know, expectedly, expectedly bad. Uh, the next game is uh, today, or excuse me, tomorrow at 7:10 p.m. on Sportsnet LA, and. Uh, Taking a look at the—I'm going to be covering the standings now for the National League West because that's where the Dodgers play. So uh, the Dodgers are currently four games behind the Arizona Diamondbacks in the NL West. Uh, but the Dodgers are 7-3 and three in their last 10, uh, which is good. But the Diamondbacks are 7-3 and three in their last 10 as well. So the Dodgers need need wins to, to keep up with Arizona. Uh, now the other baseball team in Los Angeles, the Angels, they— um, they lost or excuse me they won yesterday 2-0 against the Houston Astros in the series opener so um and their next game is uh tomorrow at 5 45 p.m against the Houston Astros again so taking a look at the standings just like the Dodgers the Angels are second in their division except they're not in the NL West they're in the AL West the American League West and they are behind the Houston Astros the team that they're playing right now and they're Currently, half a game behind of Houston, uh, the Angel, the Astros are six and four in their last ten. The Angels are five and five. So, they after starting off red hot, they've had some losses as I've covered, but they're they're still looking good. So, if they if they win tomorrow, they they regain the lead uh, in the American League West. So now covering the Los Angeles Galaxy soccer team, their next game is Saturday, April 28th against the New York Red Bulls at 7.30 p.m. Uh, Now the LAFC's next game, Los Angeles Football Club, is Sunday, April 29th at 6 p.m. against the Seattle Sounders. Uh, So now we're going to be covering the NHL playoffs. Uh, The results from today. So... um, Excuse me. So... The... Toronto, the, the, the result, there were only two games. The Toronto Maple Leafs beat the Boston Bruins by a score of 3-1. to one. So after being down 3-1 in the series, the Maple Leafs win game six and they force a game seven in Boston. So I really hope Toronto's going to win this game because um, Toronto, the Maple Leafs played the Boston Bruins in a, in a game seven before and Toronto was up by three goals in the third quarter and they choked the lead, or it might have even been four, and they choked a, a four-goal lead and they choked the four-goal lead. So this will really make up for it coming back from down three from being down three one and winning the series against Boston would be great revenge and I hope that they'll be able to pull it off and um, Washington beat Columbus by by a score of six to three and uh, so Washington wins that series four to two and um, yeah so that that's all we have for this episode of Sean Sports Show this has been episode number forty eight episode forty nine will come out tomorrow Tuesday uh, April twenty fourth twenty eighteen at around. 10 9 uh, nine thirty, or i would say ten thirty, rather rather p.m and there will be a special guest on the show my my friend adam so it should be a cool episode so thank you guys for listening all the other episodes of my podcast are on soundcloud stitcher itunes tune in and google play so check those out and i appreciate the support i'll see you on the next episode